Thank you. So yeah, absolutely amazing. And we're so privileged to have had those kids in this week. And um, it just sounded so special. I wasn't there, but David and the kids came home on the Monday and actually shed a tear when I heard about how special it was. So just absolutely amazing. Um, So the message this morning is actually called Extravagantly Devoted to Him. I've had a song in my head the past couple of days, a Grace song, Hopelessly Devoted. (laughs) Maybe Maybe Aaron could do that for us after. But this is not Hopelessly Devoted, it's Extravagantly Devoted to Jesus. And it actually came out of the message that David spoke a couple of weeks ago. You probably remember all the talk about feet and how Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And that started me thinking about um, a famous passage of scripture in Luke chapter 10 at the home of Martha uh, and Mary, the story of Martha and Mary. So just pray, Lord, that you will um, speak through your word this morning, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will uh, anoint me and help me, God, and that you'll open every heart, Lord. And I pray that we will be a people who are extravagantly devoted to you, Lord. Amen. So Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I forgot my Bible today. How bad is that? I've had to borrow David's. Um, So Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is just a beautiful picture of devotion. What devotion is, Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. What is devotion? I looked it up in the dictionary, as you do. Love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person or activity. Now, I think I could really complicate this message this morning, but what I am thinking and what I'm sensing and feeling from Holy Spirit is that he is calling us to extravagant devotion. Simple as that. He's calling us to deeper, fresher devotion. And it's a high call. And it looks like something. It does look like something. Mary chose what is better. This will not just happen. In Jeremiah, it says, there's a lovely little verse. um, And it just says, Who is he who will devote himself to be close to me? And I looked up what that actually means. Devote himself, it means engage your heart. It won't just happen. We choose. There are things we choose to do in order to be close to Jesus. Mary chose 
what is better. She sat at the Lord's feet, listening to Jesus. So devotion is a posture of sitting at Jesus' feet, a choice, listening. And it takes time. So it's a bit of an investment of time. And it looks like something. It looks like something. So if someone is devoted to um, their appearance, they will, they will spend time and effort on makeup, maybe, on um, clothes. Uh, so when you're devoted to something or someone, it looks, you know, it leaks out of you. You'll, there'll be evidence of that. So if someone is devoted to collecting coins, they will have a large coin collection. They'll spend a lot of time looking up the coins, things like that. If someone is devoted to music, they'll spend a lot of time practicing. So devotion looks like something. But devotion to Jesus with this posture of choosing to sit at Jesus' feet can't not change you. It will look like something. Um, whenever I was studying in Belfast many years ago now, uh, David and I began to go to Whitewell up in Belfast. It was Pastor McConnell who has recently passed away. And there was something about him. It was his passion um, and his fire. And David often says it was a bit like getting born again, again. Um, there was some, just a fire about that man. And we began to listen to David Wilkerson as well, who many of you have heard of, pastor in New York City. Um, he had a massive impact on us. Again, he had a fire and a passion and there was just something about him. And those two men, the center and the core of their secret <laughs> and the core of their, uh, their life is this thing called a devotional life. And we began to um, hear this language of devotional life. What is a devotional life? Well, the result of it is a passion and a love for Jesus and just a desire to do anything for him. But having a devotional life is where you, Matthew 6, 6, you begin to go into a room you close the door and you pray to your father who is unseen or who, who is, some versions will say, who's in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret, his eyes will be upon you. <laughs> he sees what is done in secret and he will reward you. This is the, the core of a devotional life. Shutting yourself away with him, just you and him sitting at his feet. And I remember at this time when we began to realize this, about the power of having a devotional life. Um, I remember I was staying at a student house in Belfast and because of my course, I was there longer than the other girls. Um, so there were times when I was alone in the house and I remember just thinking, shutting the door and thinking, oh my, God is here with me. You hear me, God. And I remember actually almost trembling when I had that revelation, when I shut that door, sit at his feet, he is right there with me. He, he hears me. So getting alone with God, closing the door. I read a book, uh, Secrets of the Secret Place. I really recommend it. It's really special. Secrets of the Secret Place. 
And this, one of the first secrets, he says, is shutting the door. And the father is there. He's there. And he describes it as being like a portal to the throne room of God. I had to ask Rach about a portal yesterday. Did she know what it meant? Um, so it's a portal to the throne of God. And I always remember Pastor Gary of Lisnadil used to say, we talk to someone we can't see, but we know that he hears us. So it's an act of faith. It's a posture of sitting with Jesus, of shutting that door. And I guess the equivalent, like the 2021 shutting the door is also, you could say, um, turning off my phone or leaving the phone outside the door, shutting the world outside, just me and Jesus. And it's a place of listening, of paying attention. Remember, Mary sat at his feet and she listened. She paid attention. And that's a place where you develop your relationship, a place where you begin listening to and talking to Jesus. And you know what? There's no fancy language is needed. Close the door. No fancy language. Here's what I do. I go in, I shut the door, and then I think to myself, you're here, Lord. And I just take a few moments to, to recognize that he's here. And then I just I present myself to him. You know those maps where it says you are here and there's a dot? I think to myself, I am here right now. I am. So I just present where I'm at. Lord, I'm feeling stressed. I'm really struggling with this. This is on my heart and my mind and I just want to set it down and just be with you. So I kind of just say, God, this is where I'm at right now. This is where I'm at right now. So you don't need fancy language. You just begin talking to Jesus. Simple as that. And it won't just happen. You've got to choose. But it's transformative. Like we were at a wedding on Wednesday and I got chatting to this just a lovely woman. Um, and I could have chatted to her all day. Um, I'd never met her before. And there was just something about her. And whenever I came home, I said to David, you know, that, that's a woman of devotion. There's, there's something about her. She's a woman of devotion. Um, and as I said, devotion looks like something. So it was leaking out of her. And as you begin to choose to be at Jesus' feet, it is transformative. It's a key to discipleship, sitting at his feet, listening to him, beholding him, thinking about who he is. So as I said, um, I begin by thinking, Lord, you're here, shut the door. Then I present myself to him. This is where I'm at right now, Lord. Um, my head's all over the place. I just want to sit at your feet. And then I begin to think about who he is. And you can, you can use the word of God and you can look up who he is and begin to kind of meditate on that. So you can do it that way. Um, and if you're early on the road to knowing him, doing a study on the names of God or the I am's of Jesus, um, or there's cards in the prayer room with my father God and, you know, all the, um, the things that scripture says about our father God. So you can, that's, that's beholding, that's thinking about who he is. And, and many times when I've been struggling with different things, he has, re, he has reminded me that he is, he's my friend, he's, he's my father, my protector, he's my guide, <laughs> he's my shepherd. And I remember um, him clearly, I was feeling really, a, what's the word, in spiritual warfare um, at one stage. 
feeling under attack. And I remember really clearly getting this uh, Jesus revealing himself as the most high God. And he said, um, he revealed himself. He said, yes, Linda, there are powers. There are principalities and powers. There's, there's evil out there, but I am overall, I'm the most high God. And that has really, that was really transformative for me. And I think this is, if we can really get this, and as a church, if we, if we live this and, and encourage this, and this is our culture, and we're people of devotion, then we will be full of disciples. And that will look like something. I want to show you my wee plant. It's getting bigger. This is my favorite plant. I know it's weird, okay. But a few years ago, I don't know how many years ago, I, so romantic, I got this for David for Valentine's Day. <laughs> now, it was just this one heart. So it was a heart-shaped plant, okay? And for years, it's literally not changed. It's stayed, like, as this heart, this one heart, like, and it sat in the windowsill. And I've, I've been so proud of it because it hasn't changed. And David's like suspicious of it. It's like, I think it's dead or it's plastic or it's just, it's just not natural because it's not natural to have like a plant shaped like a heart. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> so anyway, this is my favorite plant, but David has just been a bit dubious about it. And it's really been unchanging, but I've kept watering it and watering it and watering it. It's probably the one plant in our home that I have watered uh, consistently. And so I've watered it and watered it and wa watered it. And all of a sudden, like about a couple of months ago, this thing just sprouted up. <laughs> and all of a sudden I've now got not one heart, but two, three, four, five. And Samuel is predicting that there'll be at least 10 more hearts. <laughs> so, what I'm trying to say is sometimes with, de with the devotional life and with this thing of being devoted, choosing to be devoted to Jesus, is that sometimes there's a process and it's like an investment and you keep watering the plant and you keep watering it in that time where you shut the door, you're watering the plant, you're, you're storing up treasure in heaven. And Jesus said where, where your treasure is, your heart will be. Um, so every day we choose where we set our affections and over time, stuff happens. We change. Our thoughts, feelings and emotions come into alignment. We choose to water the plant. Colossians 3, it says, set your heart on things above. Um, in counselling, we talk about a relational space. So us, someone else, space between us. And so we're tending the relational space. It needs attention. So, um, and if we don't give it our attention with relationships, there's a natural tendency to drift. We have to uh, attend to our plants or they'll die. We have to give attention to God to Jesus or our hearts will drift and our relationship. If we don't pay attention to um, our children, we will experience distance. If we neglect paying attention to friendships, we'll find them strained. If we don't pay attention to our finances, we might find ourselves in debt. If we don't 
pay attention to our health, there could be consequences of that. If we neglect paying attention to our learning and growth, we might find ourselves stunted. If we don't pay attention to our thoughts, we may become hostage to untruths. If we don't pay attention to our rest, we will find ourselves exhausted. I'm just quoting Christine Kane. Um, so we actually, there's a natural tendency to drift. So we need to pay careful attention to our connections. A marriage relationship, um, my relationship with David, we need commitment, but we need more than that. We need devotion. So that acquires attention. Um, and we need to pay attention to our relationship with God. We're anchored in Jesus, but I was reading about um, a safety check whenever you're bringing your boat out, is that you must go through every single chain, every single link on the chain to check it, check how strong it is, um, check that it's going to do the job of... Um, of preventing drift. So I guess I'm just asking, is there anything that's pulling you away? Is there anything that's captivating your heart and mind or my heart and mind and pulling, pulling us away from Jesus and causing us to drift? Is there a damaged link? I read a quote through the week. If it's pulling you away from God, it's not God. And it's often little, little habits that wedge the most distance. So just encouraging you to have a look at that chain, at that connection. I can be a bit like Martha. I am the queen of distraction, aren't I? Yeah, yeah so bad. <laughs> um, only I get distracted from the housework um, and can leave things unattended, can leave the dishes in the middle of doing them or laundry and stuff like that. So yeah, I can be very easily distracted. So I sort of feel... Um, I know where Martha was com uh, is coming from. I looked up the word distracted and in the King James it says cumbered about, but actually distracted is probably a better word. The Greek is perispeo, which means drawn around, pulled in different directions, driven about mentally. Has anyone ever felt like that? <laughs> pulled in different directions and driven about mentally. My head's all over the place. Mm. I know how that feels and I've said that probably a lot of times distraction but um, the thing is distraction led Martha to be worried and upset about many things there was a corresponding emotion she became worried and upset she her eyes and her mind was pulled around all over the place with everything that's to be done and she became worried and upset. But Mary had chosen, and she'd made a choice to be devoted, to sit at Jesus' feet, to put first things first, to shut the door, to put aside distractions, and to just listen to Jesus, to focus on him, and to give him attention. Wasp, I think. <laughs> So there's your rewards of devotion. I did say that devotion will look like something. Will change. There's rewards to devotion. Devotion leads to intimacy. And it doesn't happen overnight. You keep watering the plant. You keep setting aside the time. 
and you mightn't, <laughs> you're unlikely to hear an audible voice, you're unlikely to have anything dramatic happen, but over time, you develop this beautiful intimacy with Jesus and it's powerful and there's rewards of it. And you begin what you hear people talking about, walking with Jesus, walking with him. You're never alone. You begin to be more aware of his presence. And there's rewards to that. <laughs> in that Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast. The Amplified says, committed and focused on you. Peace is one of the beautiful rewards of this intimacy. Fruit is another reward. Jesus says in, in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, so shutting the door and keeping that bond of intimacy, says not you might bear fruit. It says you will bear much fruit. And then Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And you begin to hear his voice. Remember Mary sat at his feet, she listened. Jesus was saying stuff. And it says in John that his sheep hear his voice. And that is one of the greatest privileges that we have as, as disciples and followers of Jesus is that we begin to hear his voice. And it's so beautiful and powerful. And often in we special ways, an example of how this happened just this week, um, I, at the weekend, was feeling under massive pressure. I was really, really stressed out. Um, and it happens now and again. And um, I began to, I actually found this book and I read a sample of it. It says, how did I get here? And I was like, Lord, just remind me why I'm here. Like sometimes I feel like, how did I get here? And I said that to God. I said, sometimes I feel, how did I get here? I downloaded the sample and I read it and I thought, gosh, I really resonate with that. So I ordered the book um, on Amazon. And so I had this little question, um, how did I get here? How did I get here? And I ordered the book and on Wednesday we were at a wedding and I got an email um, while I was there and it said, um, your Amazon delivery of how did I get here has been posted through your letterbox. So literally within half an hour, I was chatting to the lady I mentioned. And during conversation, she said, you know, you can ask yourself, how did you get here? <laughs> and whoa, she got my attention there. She said, you can ask yourself how you got here, but it was God. God has got you to where you are. And there's little things like that when I just knew that was God speaking to me and reassuring me that he, he got me to where I am and he's in it and he's in the journey and he's with me. And so you get little special things like that happening and you just know it's God. You just know. And it's a great, great privilege. Um, we're nearly done. In John chapter 12... We are back at the home of Mary and Martha. John chapter 12. And I'll just read it to you. And it's really special. So we're back at this home. Mary and Martha and Lazarus who has been raised from the dead. He's there as well. And um, so 
So reading from John chapter 12, verse 1, six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And here a dinner was being given in Jesus' honour. Guess what Martha was doing? Martha served. She was busy serving again. And Lazarus was among those reclining at the table. So Lazarus was sitting with Jesus, reclining at the table. What about Mary? Where was she? She couldn't help herself. She was so devoted to Jesus that she was at his feet again. She just couldn't help it. And she was pouring out her love on Jesus. She didn't care what people thought. She was criticised. Judas was watching. She was wasting half a litre, now that's quite a lot, of this very, very expensive ointment. And she was pouring it out on Jesus' feet. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. She poured it on his feet and she wiped his feet with her hair. She didn't care what people thought. She loved him. And as I said before, devotion looks like something. It will look like something. She sacrificed. She poured out. She just let herself go and she just loved him. And I love how Judas then criticised Mary. But she didn't have to stick up for herself. She said nothing. Jesus, Jesus stood up for her. Jesus said... Well, Judas said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money giving, given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but he, cared, he said because he, he was a thief and he wanted to use the money for himself. Here's what Jesus said. Mary said nothing. Jesus said, leave her alone. This was meant to be. Jesus said it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. This was meant to be. Mary's part of my plan. She's a woman of devotion. She sits at the feet of Jesus and she falls in with the plans and purposes of, of God. She's part of our story, the redemption story, because she loved him and she was a woman of devotion because devotion looks like something. And Jesus said this was meant to be. And what she's done is beautiful. She did something beautiful. So the thing is, as we become devoted people, that we will fall in line with the purposes and plans of God because we're walking with him. I remember I used to get so stressed out about, am I missing God's will? Am I in line with God's will? And we don't have to worry about that. We just have to sit at his feet. We fall in line with the plans and purposes of God. I'm just going to ask David to come up and to, to close and lead us in prayer. But I just want to end with this call, what I feel is a call, a fresh call to devotion. Will you devote yourself to be close to him? Will you make a fresh commitment to just spending a little bit of extra time shutting that door? I'm in. I, I want to do that. I'm, this is for me. I know Jesus is calling me to deeper level of devotion. So I'm first one in. 
Um, and I guess I'm just going to ask, are you in too? <laughs> Who, who's up for this? Who's up for this? And I think this will have ripple effects. If we, if we sign, it, sign up for this, and um, this deeper level of devotion, this extravagant devotion, not just devotion, but extravagant devotion, then I think there will be, there'll be ripple effects in this community and beyond. And, and I'm in.